Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Good morning. How are you? I'm Grand Nile. Just first of all, remind us who you are and why this is of great interest to you, please. So I'm uh, the, the, the head of communications and development with Birdwatch Ireland, which is Ireland's largest environmental charity and an NGO, non-governmental organisation. We're dedicated to the protection of Ireland's wild birds and their habitats. And County Wexford, of course, is a very, very important place for birds, particularly for certain types of seabird um, during the summer months when they come into nest. And we've been particularly concerned this summer due to the outbreak of a, a very virulent strain of avian flu, uh, particularly among a population of, of, of group of seabirds called terns that nest at Ladies Island Lake uh, and that's been a big issue. So, so my colleagues um, in Birdwatch Ireland, we are based there during the, the summer months. We uh, warden and monitor the, the colony on behalf of the National Parks and Wildlife Service which, which funds, the, the state body which funds this project. And unfortunately we've seen an enormous number of fatalities among the seabirds nesting on the, uh, on the, around the lake, on the islands in the middle of the lake there um, over, the last, uh, over the last few weeks uh, with, uh, with uh, well over a thousand uh, birds affected. In fact, we found uh, over 1,300 carcasses of dead seabirds at this site. Uh, so it's been absolutely catastrophic. And, and it's also something we're seeing spreading to other colonies uh, around uh, the Irish coast. So very concerning indeed. And what's causing it? Well, it, it's a virus and uh, it's spreading among these, these uh, wild bird populations. Uh, it, it, it can spread to other species as well. And so uh, although the risk to humans, we're, we're told, is very, very low, it's important that people don't handle or, or approach uh, any dead or dying birds or, or pick up any feathers or carcasses. Um, they, they find there because there's a, a, a risk, a small risk, but nonetheless a risk that it could spread to people. So my, my colleagues who have been collecting the carcasses have been wearing full personal protective equipment and the, the, the carcasses that the birds are being incinerated. The idea is to obviously clean them up as, as fast as we can to prevent the spread to other seabirds. Ultimately, this virus, you know, it, it's, a, it, it's part of, you know, it, it's related, it's, it's not the same disease as flu in humans, but it's a related virus uh, and new strains of this develop all the time. Not really a natural occurrence, though. Unfortunately, these, the, this disease and the spread of it, it's, it's driven by conditions in poultry farms in parts of Asia. So um, poultry farmers in, our, in Ireland and much of Europe are not responsible for this. But unfortunately, some of the larger poultry farms in, in parts of Asia, there's some very unsanitary conditions there, particularly among ducks that are kept. And what happens is this is a perfect incubation area for new strains of this virus to reproduce and then to spread into wild birds in, in parts of uh, Places like China and Siberia, South Asia, and then spread into bird populations elsewhere in the world because of human trade routes moving moving infected poultry, but also because of migratory birds who pick it up and then carry it along further on the migration route. And seabird colonies tend to be particularly badly affected. Birds like like gannets, for example, very badly hit at the end of last summer with the same infection. There's the, the, the gannet, our largest seabird, um, breeding on, on uh, Little Salty. This is one of the most important colonies in Ireland, for example. Uh, what happens is because they're living in such close proximity, it's very easy for this virus to transmit between the different individuals. So it affects seabirds and, and birds that gather together in big groups much more so than it does, let's say, the birds that people would typically see in their own back gardens and things like that because they're not, not living anywhere near the same concentration so the disease has much less opportunity to spread among them. I know Birdwatch Ireland have a very comprehensive website and just checking up on it I see the black-headed gulls chicks post-fledgling have been connected with the increased movement. It's the increased movement of these that could have spread the flu, is that correct? 
Yes, yes, it, it, that certainly would be a factor uh, because a lot of these young birds, you know, the, the fledglings, they, they, when, they, you know, when they, they hatch out of the eggs, they grow up and they, they, they fledge within a few weeks and they're moving and at that stage they're moving around quite a lot within the colonies uh, and it seems that the black-headed gulls, which, uh, which nest in the colony, seem to have been instrumental in that then spreading to the tern species of birds. Like the common tern particularly have been badly hit. Uh, Ladies on the Lake is also the, 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 the second largest colony in Ireland of a very rare bird called the roseate tern. We know that some of those been affected as well, uh, and so yes, it's 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 only a big big problem. And, and yeah. now that the the seabird nesting season is is coming to an end, uh, we're hoping that at least many of the birds that have so far managed to escape the disease will be migrating as normal, will spread out over a wider area, and then hopefully the disease won't spread so so rapidly between them. But you know, there's a lot. There's not much we can do to control that. There's a lot of unknowns there because these birds, they're migratory. They spend a lot of time at sea. These terns will be heading to the coast of West Africa very shortly, and it's very hard to monitor what's happening with them there. So we probably won't know the true extent of this until at least next summer when we start, around May, when we start to see right. the, the surviving terns returning to nest again. So we probably can't tell immediately just, just how bad it's been, although we can certainly say in Wexford it has been very, very bad. And have the numbers eased somewhat since we first carried this story on South East Radio News last week? Have, have things improved or have they worsened? It's really hard to say because we know that the, the, you know, the, the birds we're finding may just be the tip of the iceberg. A lot of these birds might be going out and dying at sea away from anybody seeing them. Uh, we know that some of the young chicks have managed to get away. Uh, and so it's coming towards the, the tail end of that nesting season now. Uh, so we're hoping as many can survive as possible. But unfortunately, it has been fairly relentless for my, my poor colleagues who've been working down there. Normally, they would expect to be spending their summer monitoring the birds, checking you know, how they're feeding, uh, Putting, measuring and putting rings on the on the legs of the chicks, and unfortunately, for a lot of their work over the last few weeks, it's switched to being the disaster recovery, really, and mitigation, trying to limit the spread of this, trying to pick up as many of these carcasses of dead birds as possible, so so it limits the spread of the infection. Yeah. So yeah. it has been it has been quite worrying, and, and also what's been worrying for us, you know, seeing this not just in Mexico but elsewhere in the country, uh, there seems to be a very, um, I suppose, a lack of joined up thinking between the different state bodies and, and agencies mm-hmm. that have responsibility. For this. So with the bird flag break Ireland, it's the Department of Agriculture, is the, that's the body that's taking the lead, uh, because um, mainly because of the, the threat it could pose to, to domestic birds and to, to, to farming. And, um, and, and that's obviously perfectly understandable, uh, but unfortunately there seems to be less concern there for, for wild birds, indeed for human health, which is quite worrying too. We're not seeing very much joined up thinking, as far as we can tell, between the Department of Agriculture and the National Parks and Wildlife Service and um, other public bodies with responsibility for seabirds, like the Office of Public Works, sometimes it's like, uh, like the Skeleks uh, Islands in, 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 uh, and other, other colonies around the country, mm-hmm. and also with local authorities. Um, it's a very sort of piecemeal approach. Uh, some local authorities have been collecting carcasses of these birds, others are saying it's not their responsibility, it's National Parks and Wildlife Service, they're saying, no, it's on our responsibility. At the end of the day, what's happening is we have a virus um, that's spreading very rapidly among bird populations, which can spread to mammals. We've seen it already go to things like, like creatures like foxes, seals, even a porpoise has been affected. And we know that in some ways, in some circumstances, it can spread to humans. And yeah. coming off the back of a, a viral pandemic that's uh, just devastated the world in, in the form of COVID, I would have thought that there would be far more uh, concern and, and um hmm concerted response to try and uh, to try and limit the spread and the and the the, uh, the effect potentially on, on people of a disease like this. So it really is quite worrying and uh, really concerning that uh, once again so much of this um, response is left to charities like Birdwatch Ireland for the status of wanting it really right. isn't fair and it's it's dangerous and and, and I really would hope that uh, we'd see more concerted response from now from now forward. You're calling for joined up thinking, you're also creating awareness of it. Is is it an emergency? 
I, I would say it is, yes, it's, it's, it's an emergency, but it's not saying we're not saying that, that that sort of thinking. It seems that at state level, uh, there's some people doing very good work, of course, but we need to do what we can to limit the spread of this disease. Um, mm. Once it's present in the bird population, there's only so much that can be done. Uh, but we know from uh, studies in other countries that one thing that can make the biggest difference is the rapid removal of carcasses of, of dead birds. Yeah. Because what happens is when, when birds are, you know, are left dying and dead around an area, the, the disease will spread among the, 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 the other birds within the population. But also, uh, scavengers like foxes and rats will come and feed on those and will drag your carcasses away and spread the disease more widely. Uh, and so definitely the, the rapid mm-hmm. removal of carcasses is, is yeah. a key factor in trying to limit the spread of this. And that has to be done as rapidly as possible. With the nesting season now coming to an end, uh, we'll have to see what happens at this time of year. What happens is lots of migratory birds will start to arrive into Wexford and, and elsewhere in Ireland uh, to spend the winter here. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's sort of a time of transition. Our summer breeders will be leaving us shortly. Winter migrants will be arriving soon. And we're certainly hoping that uh, this disease doesn't have a big impact on them. Uh, obviously, right. Wexford is very important for uh, a bird called the Greenland White-Fronted Goose, which is actually the bird that's in the Bird of Ireland's logo. Yeah. Uh, and the majority of their population winters on the Wexford slobs. And if the disease was to, have to, to break out among their population, it could have a, a significant impact on, on the whole world population of that bird because Wexford has a particular international responsibility for that species. And we're really hoping it, it doesn't spread to them and cause problems this winter. It's uh, very worrying what you've just told us and you've given us so much information in a short space of time. But can I just ask you to summarise it for us now, please, for the benefit of uh, people tuning into this second hour of the Tuesday edition of the Morning Mix. The key points again, please, for those who may have missed all you said. Well, we're seeing that, that yes, this, so this this uh, outbreak of uh, a strain called H5N1 of, of avian flu poses a low risk to humans, but it's important to people if they find uh, sick or dead birds not to touch them, not to approach them. Instead, to report them to the Department of Agriculture, which has a hotline number set up and also an online portal called Avian Check. You can find full details of that at the Birdocharn website. Just go to birdocharn.ie. There's a link there on the homepage. It'll take you straight to all the information that you need. Uh, and uh, we, we would really urge, uh, as you said, if we need more joint up thinking, that's what Bertrand is calling for, more joined up thinking, more joined up approach from the state uh, authorities and local authorities to try and tackle the spread of this disease uh, because Ireland has international, and Wexford especially has international importance for, for many of these birds and the populations could take years to recover, so uh, it really is quite stark I'm afraid. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix Chat, News and your views Alan Corcoran